Nice. Should have got the laugh on there. Oh man. I think my Oh man, oh man, we're recording. Here we go. That's staying on the podcast. You're not deleting that. Anyway, welcome everyone to another episode of Be Free Ari. Hey, I did the host duties. There's John. He works too hard. He cares too much. Alpha male. Yeah. Jackhammer. Relentless. Tony and Gotti. What's up, dude? Today we're gonna talk about lowering prices if you can't get your place rented or maybe you can even talk about sales to make this appealing to all those kind of the same concept flipper listeners that we yeah so we'll just talk generally lowering prices all right um you know people always get fussy whenever they do it but it is necessary to consider you know lowering your price at some point sometimes because if you've sat for too long think about the cost of doing that every day you have the opportunity cost of obviously you're missing out on rental income that you'd otherwise be having just because you're too stubborn to lower your price you have your utilities that you're now paying for a vacant place that the tenant would otherwise be paying. And then you additionally have the risk of a vacant property that somebody could smash a window Whoa. and take some, uh, do some midnight plumbing. Nice. For you. Steal all your copper in this red hot copper market we're in. Also, yeah. there's your time. You're spending all this time showing the place to people who don't want to actually get it because you messed up. Yeah. Your time is precious, way more valuable than copper that you can steal from one of Tony's many vacant houses. At <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> All uh, right, so step Tony's one. supply yard. Yeah, exactly. Step one is setting a price. So Tony, how do you set prices? So setting a price in the first place so you don't have to lower it is important. Um, on For interest of time, if we're talking about selling a property, which you ripped me into talking about a little bit here, um, <laughs> That's what I'm you're going to contact a professional that knows how to set the price. Oh. Um, and you're actually Ugh. going to value their advice and oh. they, they should show you how they came up with that price. If they can't even tell you how they came up with it, then you should find a new professional. Um, so on your rental in some markets, or if you have a property manager, you should do the same sort of idea. Like if you have, if you are hiring an agent to lease the property for you, or if your property manager's doing it, then you should just rely on their advice and maybe, you know, just ask the same sort of questions. Like, how'd you come up with this? What did you do to get to this? And then as long as you're um, satisfied with their method, then, you know, proceed with their advice. You should always do that. If you're a do-it-yourself landlord, though, um, personally, at this point in time, I just use Rent-A-Meter. Um, I don't, I don't not dig around or anything. Yeah, no, they don't. We're not you know, share the podcast with your friends so that we can be sponsored by Rentmeter instead yep. of all I the do, other. I random... think we dropped our name like every 10 episodes. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Instead of all the other random sponsors we have like cabinet jacks and rubber bands and nail guns and all of <laughs> our, uh, <laughs> our supply yard friends. Um, Melt your yeah. floor so you can cut it easier. <laughs> exactly. Right, back to our program. But there are other services like i think bigger pockets has an estimator now um mm. a few other places don't use the stupid like automated ones on zillow and places like that they're not really that good the benefit to rent a meter and i think the bigger pockets one is that they pull rental listings from all those different sites they just basically have programs that see when a place was listed and then when it comes off 
because the difference with rentals is they're not usually getting marked as sold Correct. on the multi-list unless you're in a big market where agents are actually leasing apartments. Um, so the only way to know what something was actually rented at was to see when it came off the market. So that's how I do it. Um, John, you have the, the, the freeway. Yeah, I mean, I think we do the same thing. We just don't pay rent a meter. We look at yeah. Zillow and Zumper and whatever, apartments.com, not Craigslist, and try and just get a bearing for like, okay, roughly how many bed baths and our zip code, you know, check them out. Does it look dumpy? Does it look nice? Uh, try and get a feel for where that's at. And then we try and probably be at like the 80%, you know, of that, like what we think the price is. We try and start high easier keep start the price high and walk it down than it is to say oh wow we have all this interest let's raise the, let's raise the price i've never yeah. done that but i imagine that would uh, not be a good start i've never increased price yeah, yeah increasing price is always weird at least yes. increasing the list price i mean i guess if you had like a bidding war on a rental which i've never in my life had you yeah, we have like, one right now, but we're still not doing that. It just yeah, feels, it you just feels hit, slimy. You could hit people up and be like, well, if you pay $50 more a month, yeah. the apartment's yours. Exactly. Um, which you could even run into discrimination problems if you do that, actually. There you go. Uh, but also, um, you're a scumbag. Just don't do it. The other, so the only, you know, that's what I used to do before I started paying for Rentimeter and it works out pretty well. I used to set the price just based on the median. So I would plug everything in and then just look for the median value. Um, I like the idea of maybe walking it down. The only thing to keep in mind if you do things that way, the only flaw is that you're only looking at active rentals. So you're not actually looking at what they're leasing for. You're just looking at what they're currently listed for. So just something to keep in mind. Um, and on Zillow or whatever, you know, it'll show you like people like this place. Right. So like, who cares if it's listed for $2,000, but it's been on the market for 200 days. Right. Like that doesn't matter. So yeah, you're looking for stuff that seems to be moving and getting interest. And and that's a good indicator of price. Yeah. The stuff that's on the market is still on the market. Right. So it's usually overpriced. If it's been on for a while. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. That's good. And then um, the next step to, so that's the first step. Don't have, don't have to lower your price. Like don't make yourself do it. Set your price appropriately up off the bat. But if you are going to price aggressively and you're going to be too high, then the first step in kind of understanding if you should reduce or not is to be kind of tracking your rental or listing um, or home sale and getting some feedback. So do you guys do anything as far as getting feedback from people? doesn't need to be formal, but do you like ask them questions while you're showing the place or anything? Um, we're usually at the place ourselves. And I would say usually within 10 seconds. So this is going to be very different than your answer. Within 10 seconds, we usually know if the person wants it or not. You can just tell from their body language, how they're walking up to the place uh, or, or how they're leaving the place. So usually right away, we kind of know what's working or what's not working, you know, are we over, you know, so like the place I'm in now, I got an attic here that's like six feet tall. We market this as a third bedroom. You know, some people, they don't like that. You know, like, what is this? Hmm. So usually right away, we kind of have a good feel for what's going on. 
we, we know what's going on with the property. So we haven't had that issue too much, but we do take that feedback from like an energy level and we use that to assess, is our price too high? Do we need to adjust the type of tenant that we're you know, bringing in? So the house we're in now, we're kind of attracting the wrong style of tenant. Well, let's go for the, you know, the couple that has dogs, but wants the space, uh, you know, kind of, a, you know, a shift. So we're shifting from like families to couple one kid. Well, they probably have pets then, right? You know, so you kind of have to adjust some of your, uh, your stuff. So that's, that's how we collect feedback very informally. Uh, you know, we don't ask like, what don't you like? I, I'm not yeah. sure. I, I'm just too emotionally fragile for that kind of feedback on my own handiwork. <laughs> there you go. So the, the other truth. the other thing is that um, it's a little bit different whenever you're always the one there. So things change a little bit. You know, I think that you can I think you're kind of forced to find other ways to do this whenever you have other people doing it for you. Right. And, but even if you do some of the things that like I do, it might be beneficial. So one of the things that we do, um, our rental agents do, because I don't do too much. I don't I can't even remember the last time I've physically leased an apartment. Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying, but I, but while, but while I was doing it, came up with a few good things that I just make sure. Let the um, people know. I guess I, you know, I still sell houses, so I, I get that sort of feedback. Um, on the houses, every time somebody sees the property, I ask three questions to their agent when they're done. Right. I say, what did you, I say, what did you and your customer separately think about the price, location, and condition? So this is when you're selling a house. Um, is that one question or is that all three? That's all three. Oh, so okay, I asked them for all three of those things. Um, and I asked them, what did your customer think? And then what did you think? Because when they have an agent, the agent's opinion is sometimes almost more valuable than the customer because the agent sees a bunch of houses, works with a bunch of customers. I value that opinion more than I value like the one person that wants a purple fireplace on the third floor of a house. Um, Plus they're honest with you, right? Like usually people walk yeah. out, people walk out and they say, Oh, it's a beautiful house. And yeah. They say, oh, it's a beautiful house. And they say, Oh, it's a beautiful house. And it's like professional to professional. So I mean, they're expecting this. Like if they ever have a listing, they're gonna expect honest feedback from me. So it like goes both ways. It's just exactly. kind of a yeah. uh, people are gonna lie to you. Thing. Not in a um, mean way. Just yep. So then what happens is is they usually give me some answers. A lot of times you just get the answer like customer didn't like it. And it's like, okay, thanks. Um, so then usually it's good to press a little bit, like How do you okay. Press? Uh, so for instance, I'll usually say like, if they just tell me, you know, customer didn't like it, blah, 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 blah. I'll say, okay, well, is there a price at which your customer would be interested? So then you just keep pressing with questions about like trying to find out what the actual reason was. So like, was it price? Because really what you want to understand is like the location you can't change. So if somebody's problem is the location, like, okay, whatever. You can just give your seller that feedback. If the problem is they say it's price, then obviously if enough people say the problem is price, you can go back to your, your seller, whoever's selling it, let them know that, make some informed decisions that way. Yep. If it's condition, you can press them on like exactly what they didn't like about it like did they think it was dirty did they not like the color of something did they think that it was painted poorly did they think that they saw mold in the basement and it was bad whatever um because then you know is this something that we can easily fix 
before the next showings? Or is this something that we're stuck with and we just kind of need to account for in the price of the house? So that's how you use that. Similar concept, but simpler with rentals. The way to get the feedback, they're not going to have an agent. You're probably going to be there. You or your leasing agent are going to be there. I usually send someone with a sign-in sheet so that we collect the emails um, and just some basic information from everybody that saw it. I just tell them like, for you know, they're supposed to say for security reasons, we have to just record everybody here. We're going to send you the application this way. So just put down your email. We're not going to send you spam or whatever. Um, just write it down and, and we'll follow up with that. And then you hand them the sheet and while they're filling it out, the leasing agents are instructed to ask like, Hey, so, you know, do you think you'll be applying? And if the person says anything other than yes. So if they say like, I don't know, we have some other places to see that's a no, no, that doesn't mean yeah, you're done. <laughs> it's not a yes. It's with. a no. I'll say like, like then they're instructed to say, okay, well, you know, if you were going to apply, like, is there a better a, a price that would have you apply or is there something that you don't like about the place that you maybe think could be improved or better? Um, a lot of people won't say anything, but sometimes you'll have people actually tell you stuff. And this is information that you need to record because that's going to let you know, is my problem my condition or is it my price? Which then leads us into kind of, I guess, the next segment, which is like, using your information to actually inform your price reduction decision. Right. Um, do you have anything on sort of the collecting feedback or whatever part? Uh, no, I'm, I mean, I think you do this in a much more sophisticated way for us. We, we kind of have these heuristics. So we list it. I want to see at least three showings on the first weekend and another three showings on the next weekend. If I'm not seeing that level of uh, like actual foot traffic through the place. Uh, and we, we put a videos on the internet um then then i'm concerned that's basically my very simple heuristic and we either make an adjustment to uh when the move-in date is so if you move the move-in date forward usually that works well for people they want some overlap we drop the price we try and like round the corner so if we were at 14.25 try and get down to 13 something right because just that those first two numbers matter kind of a thing but all psychology kind of blah 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 and then um and then uh you know, consider, do we need to like let pets in or something like that? You know, do we have the wrong tenant? Those are really the adjustments we make. The other adjustment we would make is like, yeah, people complain the basement smells bad or something, you know, hmm. we would fix something like that. But that's to me, that's hopefully that's obvious. I would expect our listener to be sophisticated enough to uh, address, you know, bad smells in the house. Cool. Even before someone tells them about it. Yeah. Um, feel sneeze coming on. Ah, oh, let it out. Dude. Hopefully I don't sneeze into the mic. So anyway, that's all good. Um, you know, being a real estate agent and doing classes on pricing strategy, there's a lot of stuff that I've picked up over time with using this information that you're collecting to inform your decisions. So I'll just kind of go through that a little bit, a little bit about it. The first thing that you're going to look at is, like you said, are you getting showings? Like you said, mm -hmm. do I have three on the first weekend, three on the next weekend, whatever. Um, you'll get a feel for what's normal and what's not as you do this. 
Um, but really what you're looking at first criteria, am I getting showings? If you're not getting any showings, no requests, say you're getting a lot of views, but no one's really setting it up to see it. There's one of two things that are usually the problem. One is going to be your marketing package. So like, do your pictures suck? Is your description bad? Do you have a video tour? Um, something about the presentation could be off. So you want to look at that first because mm -hmm. that's the easiest thing to fix. You could have the address in the wrong place. You could not have it on enough sites. Something in your marketing package you want to look at if you're not even getting any requests. If you're getting a, that's usually if you're not getting a lot of requests and you're not getting a lot of views. So both of those things. You can tell on most every online listing site now how many people are clicking on it, looking at it. Yeah. Um, if you're not getting any views, it's probably your marketing package. Um, this other thing is it could be your price. So this is where initially we said you want to look up your price to see if it's appropriate in the first place. Yeah, it's, I thought you were going to say price is views driven. They're not even clicking on your thing. They're like, forget it. Usually 15, the views thing is related to your, to your pictures and your marketing package more than anything else. Mm, like okay. people are going to be viewing it based on does it look nice? Are the pictures bright? Does it look attractive? Um, and people are really only going to click through like the first five to 10 pictures, uh, easy. So you want to make your first five to 10 pictures, like your best pictures of the place. So whatever the nicest rooms are, you, you put those first. Um, I find a lot of times if you have a really nice room, like, uh, you know, like your kitchen's renovated or something, instead of making the first picture of the outside of the house, make it like the kitchen you yeah. can't do that when you're listing a house for sale but there's no rules against it whenever you're doing uh well on the mls they require your first picture to be of the exterior door the exterior door has to be in the picture that's why the first picture is always the of the house um about that so now you know, <laughs> now you know so that's that's number one that's before anybody even comes in the door then you're going to take a look at your showings and how many people are applying. If you're getting a lot of showings and not a lot of applications, if you're looking at a listing, this would be you're getting a lot of showings, but no offers, not even lowball offers. That usually means that there's something different between what someone expected from your, your listing and your marketing package and what they found. Yeah, so you either you want to go back to your marketing package and look at like, does this accurately show the house? I mean, you want it to be nice, but if you don't have a nice house, you don't want to like create pictures that set expectations improperly. Um, so you're going to look at that. Usually if this is the case, there's not a lot of people, like I said, you know, they're just, it's different from their expectations. You can also use their feedback on um, condition and stuff to inform if there's anything that you need to change. And then additionally, uh, it goes a little bit back to price too. Price always comes into play, but with price, you're usually looking at um, when to lower it is going to be based more on those other things than it mm -hmm. is just like somebody saying it's too expensive. It's pretty easy for you to tell just looking up comps, rental comps, if your place is too expensive for the market. Usually what you're trying to understand is like, you know, is my condition, am I going to improve the condition of my property or am I going to just lower my price? Right. So if you're not getting any applications, you usually need to do one or one of the, one or the other. 
And that's where your feedback comes into play. Like if you make your place look like it's this huge three bedroom place and they show up and every bedroom's like a closet, then it's like, okay, well, I just need to lower my price because there's nothing I can do about that. But if you haven't painted it in like 10 years and it looks dirty and your pictures make it not look dirty, then instead of lowering your price, you're probably, you just want to spend money on painting, you know? So when to lower your price isn't just as simple as like, it's been on the market for X amount of days. I'm going to lower the price. You can do that, but um, there's other ways to think about it so that you're making smart price decisions, not just price for the sake of price. Right. Um, If you are going to be, when you are lowering the price, one thing to keep in mind though, is that most people's online searches are in brackets. So I think the biggest tip that I end up giving people when they're listing houses is people always say, well, if we're going to list it 250, should we list it 249.9? And that's because in a retail setting, that mentality like kind of works. But when it comes to real estate, the way people search, that's not a good idea. The reason being people will set like, when somebody sets up a search for a house, they will set a bracket of zero to 250. Okay. So then you'll cat, if you lower it to 249.9, you'll capture everyone still in that bracket, but you're going to miss everyone that goes 250 to 500. So anybody that set your whole value as their bottom number, you're going to miss all those people. So you never want to be in like weird prices for a list price. You always want to be like increments of 50 or 500 or 50, 50s, basically 1250, 1300, 1450, 1400. You want to be like for rentals, you want to be on those 50s. And then for um, houses, you usually want to be on 50,000s. So you want to be like, or not 10,000s, I guess, with houses. You don't want to be like hundreds. You want to stick to like 10,000 intervals, usually. Um, You know, not everyone likes to hear that, but it really is a lot of house searching now, finding rentals, finding houses to buy. They're all just based on price brackets. That's how people are searching. And you always want to be capturing the upper price bracket and the lower price bracket. Because there are a lot of people who will set a floor like as an investor, you're probably not setting a floor. You're just like, I'll take zero to 250. But a lot of people looking for somewhere to make their own house are doing like, they know that everything under 150 is like yeah. trashy, maybe in their neighborhood. Um, obviously, you can get a nice house for 150, but it's just neighborhood dependent. But um, so they'll yeah. set like 150 to 400. So you don't want to be missing all the people in that upper range. That's how they, they filter out like land parcels, for example, right? Or something like that. Yeah. That's or like foreclosures if they don't want a foreclosure exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Great. That's really good. Um, and then, yeah, I think for us, we just kind of went through this experience and part of our, uh, like part of what we saw was we had the foot traffic, but we were getting kind of the wrong kind of tenant. Uh, so it was sort of to your point about the pictures, you know, we have drop ceilings in the place, which, you know, it is what it is, but my wife had taken pictures of everything from like the corner of the ceiling down. Right. Mm. So we didn't show the drop ceilings. So, you know, I was like, Hey, let's retake these pictures. Let's, you know, let's show the environment as it is. 
because we're just wasting our time doing these showings where people show up and they're disappointed. So for the amateur, here is a pictures tip. Um, it's nice if you can afford it to just hire a professional. That's not the tip. But if you can hire a professional, hire a professional. But if you're taking the pictures yourself, real estate photographers take room pictures from waist height, not from up. So everybody wants to take a picture from up here. So you're looking at it, but you really the want podcast to take a people, picture from down low. He, he held the camera in front of his face there. Indeed. And he's saying, bring it down to your belly button. Yep. Unless you're um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, in which case, bring it down to your... <laughs> Do you watch Dave, the show? <laughs> no, Kareem, no. the dream? Uh, Dave, uh, Lil Dicky has a song about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and I just... Whatever. Um, so, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would not be renting your attic. He would not. Oh, fit. no. He wouldn't fit in this house. Um, anyway, you want to take him from waist height, because that usually captures like the whole whole room a lot better. And then additionally, follow some photographers on Instagram, like house photographers or whatever. Because I follow them. I'm not doing that. I'll check them out though. They uh, well, you want to follow them because they always put in their stories, videos, and stuff oh, of them taking right. pictures. Not like tips, but you can just look at them taking pictures and then like, or hire a photographer two or three times and just watch them if you don't like following people on Instagram. Um, the other tip is there's lots of free uh, free photo editing things online. Always, always, always just up the brightness in your pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Make it look bright. Just put, the, put on those filters, baby. Yeah, exactly. You want to up the brightness. There's a lot of good free, free um, photo editing things. I would just do those. So perfect. Those are my free tips. If you want any more tips, you got to hire me. All right. I like that. <laughs> Give Tony a call. He's 412 agent everywhere. 412-212-8366. That's for the show. Yep. He'll edit your photos, maybe. Uh, probably, probably not. If they leave us a question, I will edit two photos. So oh, you will right. have somebody that is not qualified at all to edit your photos. You, you'll, get that, you'll get that for free. All right. I like that. We'll, we'll make your photos edited. <laughs> exactly. it'll happen all right can't can't vouch for the quality but they will be edited hey you get what you pay for all right thanks everybody all right. yep see you